Good morning, South Point Church. I want to say thank you, first off, for allowing us to be able to come and to preach uh, for you again. Uh, if we're not able to meet in the building, at least we're able to meet uh, this way. Uh, but I did want to just tell you thank you. And if you've got your Bibles this morning, I just ask that you would turn to 1 Samuel 24. That's where the message is going to be this morning. It's 1 Samuel 24. And rather than uh, read it all and then go back, we're just going to open the prayer and then we'll kind of dive into it as we're reading it. So we're going to go ahead and begin the prayer. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for bringing us together, Lord, and just ask that you would just be with this message, Lord, that you would just uh, help us to be able to speak the words that you would have us to speak, Lord, and just uh, use this message to encourage and to help those in the church, Lord, and just ask that you would be with all those who are uh, in bad health, Lord, and I just ask that you put your healing hand on them, that you would help their health to be restored, that you would just uh, continue to help the church to grow and just continue to grow uh, us in our ministry, Lord, and just ask that you would forgive us for our sins and where we fall short. Just give us the words to say this morning, Lord, and all these things we ask in Jesus' precious holy name we pray. Amen. So in 1 Samuel 24, we're going to begin um, really starting in verse 1. Uh, it says that it came to pass when Saul was returned from following the Philistines that it was told him, saying, Behold, David is in the wilderness of Engedi. And then, then Saul... Uh, took 3,000 chosen men out of all of Israel, and he went to seek David and his men upon the rocks of wild goats. And he came to the sheep coats by the way, where was a cave. And Saul went in to cover his feet, and David and his men remained in the sides of the cave. Now the first thing that I noticed as I began to study this uh, message was that, number one, you've got Saul, who's basically put a bounty out on David. Now you got to realize, you know, Israel really isn't that big of a place. And as far as like the geographics of it, I believe it was somewhere around 75 miles wide and about 115 to 120 miles long. So it's not that big of a place. And you know, uh, you got to realize that David is a very well-known person in Israel. So, you know, it would be very hard for him to hide, especially knowing that you got 3,000 men who are specifically looking for you to take your life from you. And, you know, I mean, because, you know, that's really the whole thing of why Saul even wants him dead in the first place is because of a kind of a pride issue. Because you had people that were noticing David before they were noticing Saul. And, you know, Saul's thinking, okay, well, I'm the king. So, you know, why is it that you would get more attention? So it became this kind of a prideful scenario. And this is the whole reason that Saul has it out for David. So, you, you know, you come to realize, okay, well, he's put a bounty on the head of David. So it would be very hard for him to hide anywhere and to be able to kind of stay hidden. So that like that kind of puts you in the mindset of where David has to be of like, you know, everyone is out for him. And he has this handful of people that's walking with him. And it does remind me of Jesus because you've got Jesus who... Everyone was out for him, and he had a handful of people walking with him, and it's still very true today. But, you know, that's just kind of the mindset you have to put yourself in, and where is David in this moment? I mean, he's got every reason to run and every reason to hide, every reason to be a little bit irritated and have some anger built up. Um, so we're going to kind of continue on. Another thing I noticed here in those first three verses is that when Saul had went to pursue David, it says that... Uh, it says that they seek David and his men upon the rocks of wild goats... But where they found, or where David found him, I, I suppose is how I should say it, was by the sheep. You know, and I, I found that to be interesting because, you know, any time that someone is looking for a child of God, of course they're going to find the sheep. 
You know, we're gonna, they're going to find us within the other sheep because if they find the sheep, they're going to find the shepherd. So I, I did kind of take that little bit of an analogy as well. So I thought that was something pretty neat uh, for me anyways to kind of note. But, you know, going back to how David failed in this moment, you know, he has to feel betrayed because he knows he didn't do anything wrong. And he knows that there's no reason that he should actually have a bounty on his head. And then we go over to verse 4 and we see kind of the devil's uh, temptation getting thrown at David here because in verse 4... It says, the men of David said unto him, because this is when Saul had came into the cave, that they were already hiding in. So in verse 4, it says that the men of David had said unto him, Behold the day uh, of which the Lord uh, has said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thine enemy into thine hand, that thou mayest do to him as it shall seem good unto thee. And then it says that David arose and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe privily. So, you know, you've got this moment that David is now being tempted that, okay, you know, not only is that opportunity there, but now he's being reminded, hey, you know, God even told you this day was going to come. So, you know, and, and you know, they're, they're telling him in the sense of, okay, you know, this is your chance to kill Saul. This is your chance to end this. But I want you to take notice, too, that in the actual promise that God had given him over, over there in verse 4, it says that I will deliver thy enemy into thy hand that thou mayest do to him as it shall seem good unto thee. So he doesn't say, no, I'm going to deliver to him, deliver him to you so you can kill him, but I'm going to deliver Saul to you so that you can do what feels good to you, what feels right to you. And, you know, that is the situation we will find ourselves in so many times that we'll get into that situation that we've maybe, we've wanted to be there for so long, but we have to really trust God in that moment. And it's not, you know, it's not, you know, this is how I had already perceived it, so this is how it must happen. Now, we have to listen to our heart. You know, I think it's very important that we do listen to our heart and we let God convict our hearts, and that's what we find. You know, this is that first step of seeing something that David done right. You know, many times we look at David, and we even done this last week when we looked at David uh, for a short period of time. You know, I had uh, mentioned that the Bible says that David is a man after God's own heart, but we also know that, that David was a man of sin. Well, this right here is kind of the examples of some of the things that David had done right. Because, you know, he listens to his heart. He lets God be the one to convict him. So it was, you know, what seems right to you in the moment. So, you know, rather than David going and killing Saul, he just cut off a piece of a skirt. And one thing that I did find to be interesting to me is in verse 5, it says that it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him because he had cut off Saul's skirt. Not because... You know, he even had any temptation to kill him, but because he even went and tore that piece of that skirt off at all, that's what conviction hit him. You know, that that moment was God was saying, you didn't even have to do that much. And that you could have just let him walk away. And because, you know, it's almost a sense of you done this and you can show him, you know, I've, I've spared you. But, you know, if you would have just let him walk away, then you would have known in your heart and you would have shown me that you would have spared this man's life. You know, and it... We kind of will do that, you know, periodically. We'll kind of want something to show for it. And, you know, it, and it does. It, it comes down to a pride thing. And that's human nature. We'll have these things that, that come and it's these little prideful moments. And sometimes, you know, it's not for anyone else's eyes. Sometimes it's only for God to know. And, you know, sometimes that is something that we'll dive into and we'll get caught up in sometimes. But, you know, I want to note a couple uh, pieces of Scripture, too. You know, that kind of corresponds with this. You know, I thought about Romans twelve nineteen, where it says, Vengeance is mine, and I will repay, saith the Lord. You know, because, again, this is that moment that David could have had all this vengeance because he had every right to. He had, you know, no one would have blamed him for going and, and, you know, killing Saul. 
But, you know, he lived by the Bible's word. It says, vengeance is mine. Let God be the one to get vengeance. You just pray. You just turn it over to me. Make sure that, that I'm the one in control of it. And see, that's one thing that we find that David did right in this moment. And then I also go to First uh, John 4.20. In First John 4.20, it says, If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. You know, and a brother can be all kinds of different things. I mean, it doesn't have to be your blood relative brother. I mean, this is anybody that's around you. Your neighbor, your brother, your sister. And, you know, if we can't love all those people around us, but we say we love God. I mean, that's literally exactly what the scripture says. This isn't coming from my mouth. This is coming from the Bible. If we have any hatred towards anyone, whether it's, you know, their religion, whether it's their race, whatever it is, if we have any kind of hatred, but we say we love God, we're a liar. Because we can't be of God and hate anyone. We can't be of God and live in sin. We can't be of God and do the things of the world. I mean, it just doesn't work. And that's the Bible. That's what the Bible tells us. So that's a, those few verses there, I mean, we see that David's life and David's decisions here are corresponding with God's word because we know if God's in it, nothing will go against his word, nothing will go against his will. It must be of God, and that means all things will be good in the eyes of God. So we'll kind of continue on. Uh, verse, we'll go on to uh, verse 6. It says, And he said unto his men, uh, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master. The Lord's anointed to stretch forth mine hand against him, saying that he is the, uh, the anointed of the Lord. And it says, So David stayed his servants with these words, and suffered them not to rise against Saul. But Saul rose up out of the cave, and he went his way. And then in verse 8 it says that David also arose, and went out of the cave, and cried after Saul, saying, My Lord the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth, and bowed himself. And David said to Saul, Wherefore hearest thou men's words, saying, Behold, David seeketh thy hurt. So, I mean, you really look at this whole scenario. I mean, again, this is Saul wants him killed. I mean, he wants him to be dead. And now you've got David basically like asking for a death wish because he walks out behind Saul and says, Hey, I'm here. You know, I'm right behind you. You know, I know you've been seeking me. I know you want me dead. But then he kind of hits him with that question of, Who did you even hear? say that I like I wanted to kill you who did you hear say that I want you dead I mean you know there, there was this kind of like hearsay and you know so so many times I mean this happens a lot I mean it, 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 there are a lot of wars that are caused by it. there's a lot of friendships broken families broken up because of a lot of hearsay things you know we should always verify you know because it, it, it's easy for us to fall into especially if the devil has his hand in it it's easy for things to look distorted it's easy for things to look bad uh, so we should always want to verify truth. You know, if we know the truth and we know the whole truth, and you know, then, then nothing can kind of be formed out of evil, wicked ways out of that. I mean, if it was already wicked, the truth, the truth side of it was wicked, then you know, at that point, it's like, okay, well, you know, that can't be of God, and that must have been something that the devil's setting up. And uh, I, I feel like I just completely overcomplicated that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so I, I do want to move on. I don't want to kind of dig into that too much. Uh, but, you know, kind of looking at verse 5 anyway, it's kind of going back with David's heart being convicted. Because it did say that, it, you know, he was convicted because of the fact he even cut off the skirt of uh, Saul. You know, and it kind of reminds me of Proverbs 4.23. And it says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. You know, your heart is so, it's like such an important, um, like, thing in our life. I mean, it, 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 everything that 
we desire, the things that we hold dear, the things that mean the most to us. I mean, we hold it dear to our heart. So, you know, we must listen to our heart because God will use our heart. The devil will use our heart the same way, but we have to learn to distinguish. And it's hard for us sometimes to distinguish whether, okay, is this God telling me to do this or is it the, or is it the devil telling me to do it? And I mean, like, yeah, kind of, again, going into last week's message, the devil will use things that seem godly, that seem right. To go against the word of God. I mean, you go back to Genesis where, you know, you've got uh, Adam and Eve in the garden and the devil says, well, surely you won't die if you eat of that tree of life, that tree of knowledge. So, you know, he kind of twists the scripture. He'll twist those things. And we find that a lot. And I think that for me, that's one of those like big like issues with a lot of the newer versions of the Bible because I feel like so much of it is taken out. A lot of that power and truthfulness is taken out and at least these little gaps and these little areas that people could go in and you know, just tear it apart and just completely destroy somebody's faith in doing so. Uh, but, you know, I, it, the Bible does tell us that our heart, you know, all, all of, <laughs> let me see how that was worded. I don't want to uh, do it wrong. It says that out of your heart are all the issues of life. So uh, we're going to go on to verse 8, seeing that David had followed Saul out. You know, and you know, at this point, you know, David had just like humbly humbly bowed before this man that wants him dead and uh, that's like such a like a respectable thing because none of us would do that none of us would go to somebody especially somebody like that and just like completely surrender to them and say you know you know i respect you and i'm gonna i want to follow you even though you want me dead i mean I just want to make sure that everything's good with us. I want to make sure, like, we're not... And like, that just shows, like, a lot of humbleness on, on David's side. But, you know, and like I said, kind of going into uh, verse 10, going back into the whole thing with it, where he cut the uh, skirt off of him. You know, David tells him in verse 10, he says, Behold this day, uh, thine eyes have seen how the Lord had delivered thee today into my hand in the cave. So he's saying, you know, I'm showing you, like, I literally could have had your life. I could have killed you. I could have taken you out of this world right now, but I chose not to do that. I chose to spare you. I chose to do something nice for you. And he's basically asking for like this favor back. He's like, I chose to do this for you. So, you know, I, I, I would expect that you would kind of return that favor and like just allow me to live, allow me to go back into the world and continue to fight for Israel. Like, allow me to do that again. Um, and we found like, you know, in, in Saul's mind, I mean, this is like huge. It's a huge thing for him because who does that? Like, like who would just, like, in their right mind would just go to somebody who's got so much hatred built up for him? And, you know, it, there's just, like I said, like, this is just so much of David's life corresponding with the Bible. And, and we kind of continue. And verse 12, it says that the Lord judged between me and thee, and the Lord avenged me of thee. But my hand shall not be upon it. So he's saying, you know, God's going to deal with me personally. He'll deal with you personally. And the things that we choose to do are going to be a personal battle. And, you know, I say it all the time. Like, I'm not going to answer for you, nor will you answer for me. When we get to Judgment Day, that's it. Like, we're, we're answering for ourselves. And, you know, we can't push that blame on anybody else. So it's like, at the end of the day, did I treat people with love and respect and kindness? Or did I treat them with hatred and greediness and uh, covetousness? I mean, how did I treat people? Uh, so I am kind of reminded of uh, Matthew eighteen fifteen, and it says, "If thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and thee alone. And if he shall hear thee, then thou hast gained a brother." Now, I, I mean, I, I look at that entire scripture there. I mean, you got 
uh, sometimes that's hard for a lot of people to swallow because it says, you know, make it known to that person, make it known to the person who's doing you wrong, make it be known to them what they're doing, like what their faults are, what that sin is. But it says to let it be between you and them, and that's it. Don't let anybody else be involved in that. That's something that you and them are with together because, you know, when we go to God and we're talking to God in prayer, we... Now, we don't expect anybody else to hear those issues, nor, I mean, nobody can help us with those issues, so that's between us and God. You know, we should do the same thing with other people. Don't drag other people into it. Don't make it the bigger mess than it has to be. It says, let it be between thee and thee alone, and it says, if he shall hear it, then thou is gain the brother, because now you've kind of built this respect, you've built this friendship and this bond to say, okay, you know, now you know that you can talk to me, and you know you can come to me, and... You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to tell you the things that I think you're doing wrong biblically, and then you can come to me and tell me the things you you think I'm doing wrong biblically. And we know this. That's where it stays. And then that's saying that we can go to God and we can study and we can grow in His Word. And see, that's what it means to be, you know, this brotherhood of brothers and sisters, is, and, and, and coming together at the church. I mean, that's what it should be. But, you know, too many times we're, like, dragging people into it that had nothing to do with it to, to begin with. You know, it should be these private conversations and these private dealings that we go to God privately with those things because it's no one else's business. Uh, you know, then we kind of skip down to verse 16 here. And it says that when David had made an end of speaking these words unto Saul, Saul said, Is this thy voice, my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice, and he wept. And he said to David, Thou art more righteous than I, for thou hast rewarded me good, whereas I have rewarded thee evil. So, you know, this was such a, like, shocking moment for Saul that he, like, he's thinking, like, is this, is this, like, is this real? Like, did you really just, like, come to me and tell me that, like, you had the opportunity to kill me and you chose not to do that like you choose to, you chose to spare me and you chose to let me live and you know as bad as i've been to you and he says you're more righteous than i and, you know and, and as i read the, these words in verse 17 it says for thou hast rewarded me good whereas i have rewarded ye evil i was reminded of another piece of scripture um and it, that was over in genesis fifty twenty. In Genesis fifty twenty, it says, Ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. And, you know, you think of that scripture, and you think of, like, all these things that have been done against you. I mean, because we know that the Bible tells us that uh, that God is, like, multiplied by our weakness. You know, our, 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 I'm trying to think of the actual wording of that scripture, but, you know, it essentially says that by our weakness, his power is, like, magnified. And... You know, we really think about that. I mean, we think of all these hard, hard things we've gone through, and you know, many times we want to throw that at God and blame God. And and for a lot of people, that's why they don't go to church, or that's why they don't um, want to have anything to do with God. But in my weakness, His strength is multiplied. Because I mean, and that's very true. I mean, I can testify to that. I mean, there's been things that I didn't understand, like that happened to me, like when I was younger, or things that I went through, and then it's like. You you watch after you've been saved and after you begin to see what God's plan was, you begin to see how he was forming everything together and how he took those bad things and made it into your testimony. I mean, you really think of somebody's testimony. It's not typically like, oh, well, I just had this great life and you know everything went perfect for me. No, like the testimonies are built out of these hardships. The testimonies are built out of these things that they knew, like this was like the end of the line. Like this was it. Like if, if I didn't find God, that was it for me. 
And that's where these like really powerful testimonies come from. Is these moments of, of, like that independence becoming, I need somebody else, and that's like the most powerful testimony. So, you know, I'm reminded of that. You know, just kind of looking at that scripture of saying, you know, God meant all these things on the good. You know, and you know, I'm reminded even of the scripture that says that. You know, God has plans to prosper us, and He has plans to free us, and plans to, to, to save us, and to bring us home, and to make us a better uh, a better environment, a better life. You know, and it's just, we've got these promises from God that we just, too many times, we want to overlook because we try to take it into our own hands. But then we go to, uh, uh, we go down to, uh, back to verse 16, 17, um, now we're down to 18. And it says that thou hast showed this day how that thou hast dealt well with me, for as much as when the Lord hath delivered me into thy hand, thou killest me not. For if a man find his enemy, will he let him go well away? Wherefore the Lord reward thee good for that thou hast done unto me this day. So at this point, you know, you got Saul saying, you know, I, I wish that the that that God would reward you the same way you rewarded me. And you know, we we don't do these things for rewards, obviously. We don't do these things for any kind of recognition. But, you know, it just goes to show that those people who have done evil things against us, they see us living so passionately for God that it's like this contagious thing. And, and you know, that kind of even verifies more of God's word because I look at verse or Proverbs 16 verse 7 that says when a man's ways Please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. And that is like this like huge piece of scripture to swallow because it's hard. It is hard to be a Christian, especially in today's age. I mean, it, it's definitely harder today than it was probably 25 years ago because of how much the world has changed. But you read something like Proverbs 16, 17, it says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he will make his enemies to be at peace with him. I mean that is like this like huge promise of, you know, it doesn't matter. And then you know, there's a uh, quote that I've heard several times. I really like it. I've quoted it myself, and it says, "I would rather stand with God and be hated by the world than to stand with the world and be hated by God." And if we have pleased nobody else in this earth, if we have pleased nobody else, if everybody else hates us, as long as God is on our side. Then that's all that matters. You know, the Bible tells us that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. If if the devil has formed a weapon against you, if the if the devil is trying to bring you down with depression, if the devil is trying to do these things and he's trying to make you feel bad about yourself, if he's trying to make you feel like you need to give up, those will not prosper unless you allow them to prosper. If you go to God and you pray to him and you ask him to lift these burdens off of you, they will be lifted. I mean, that's a promise that we have from God. Like, nothing will get to us. Nothing will... Uh, penetrate us. No one can pluck us from the hand of God. I mean, we are His and we are there. So, you know, if God's going to prosper us and He's going to allow us to to stay here so we can keep, you know, fighting on for Him, I mean, that's something that, you know, that's something that we have to take very seriously. I mean, we can't take that for granted because, you know, I'll also say this all the time, tomorrow is never promised. So if we keep thinking, oh, well, you know, I'll put this off to tomorrow, I'll put it off to tomorrow, eventually tomorrow will not come. Eventually it's going to be too late, and if you never gave your life to Christ, it's too late. You can't make that decision once once that clock ends for you, that's it. So, you know, this whole scripture is basically like God crying to us saying that your actions will speak louder than words every single day. 
because David had these opportunities. He probably should have. He should have done what most people would have done. But he chose to follow God and to follow his heart and to follow what God was telling him to do. And because of those actions that he chose to use, it changed Saul's life as well. And it changed Saul's perspective as well. Now we do find that, you know, shortly after this, Saul had died. But Saul was impacted in this because he saw the love of God through David. And maybe, you know, if somebody doesn't know God, if somebody around you has no idea who God is, if you don't show them the love of God, then how would you ever expect them to want to come to church and want to get saved and want to know, you know, who is it you serve? You know, the Bible tells us to kind of be ready to give our testimony, be ready to give our reasoning for why we follow God. And if we're not prepared or if, we, if we're not even sure ourselves if we know him. We have to know. I mean, there's no doubt that can be had. and Because it's not only impacting us, it's impacting our families, it's impacting our co-workers, it's impacting people you may go to school with. People that are around you, your neighbors, your brothers, your sisters, they will be impacted by you. And you can be a part of their testimony. And it's your choice whether it's going to be a good part or a bad part. So, you know, looking at the scripture, some of the things that you can ask yourself is, do you have a forgiving heart? Because obviously here we find that David did have a forgiving heart because he chose to let Saul live. And, you know, then you can ask yourself, well, do I avoid getting revenge? Do I let that vengeance be God's or do I constantly want to make things even? Because if we're doing that, we know that you know, if we know that vengeance is God's, we know that that's supposed to be led to him, are we trying to take that away from God? Are we trying to overstep our boundary? Are we trying to overstep uh, where our place is? And then the third and last question I would say you can ask yourself is, do I love honestly? Because this is a love. This is David loving Saul because David knew that Saul was anointed by God. Whether or not he was a child of God he was anointed by God because he was in this position and this was David showing pure love for someone that was over him do you love people like that or do you despise people I mean because we know going into this Saul despised David but just because Saul despised David didn't mean that David had to despise Paul or Saul so you know we look at our perspective and we look at you know am I too focused on how the devil wants me to feel or am I really tuning in to what the Bible tells me to do? Because when we tune into this, like we said in Proverbs 16, 7, if our ways please the Lord, then our enemies will be at peace with us. Are your enemies at peace with you this morning? Because if you have enemies and you have these ongoing issues, you have these things that continue to happen every single week, every single day, something is missing and that thing may be God. That may be that you haven't given it to them, to, to God. It may be that you have held on to it. It may be that you're just, maybe you're the issue. Sometimes, I have to, but sometimes we have to swallow that. Maybe I'm the issue. Maybe I'm the reason that this thing isn't getting better. Maybe I'm the reason. Maybe I'm the, you know, the person that's dragging this on. Realize, because the thing is, this life is too short for us to worry about all these insignificant things. Our goal here in life is to treat people with love and respect so that they see the love of our Lord and Savior and they see the love of our Lord and Savior then they can know when they get to the other side that you were part of their testimony and you can know that and God can know that and then that's the important part so you ask yourself those questions and as you're asking yourself those questions that you reflect on your time 
I hope that something in this message has helped you. Um, you know, I kind of got used to being back behind the pulpit again, and, you know, I had to calm down a lot more, kind of sitting in front of a camera, so it kind of had to wind down a little bit. Um, but I do appreciate, again, just allowing me to be able to come and teach to you. Uh, just uh, I, Hopefully this has helped you this morning. But we will close out in prayer, and we will see what the future holds for South Point. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for this message. We ask that you would just continue to guide us and to be with us. Lord, I ask that you be with this message, and Lord, whatever um, message you would have to reach uh, to, to the people that may have listened, Lord, I just ask that that message has been received, that you would just multiply the meaning of this message to others, Lord. And I just thank you for the opportunity to continue to preach, Lord, and to continue to teach your word, and just this chance to really just sit down and to study and just to really evaluate our, our own lives and to evaluate what your word is trying to tell us, Lord. I just thank you for these opportunities of growing in, in, in faith and growing in knowledge. Just ask that you would be with those who are sick in the church, Lord. And I ask that you would be with those who are sick outside of the church, Lord. I ask that you would put your healing hand over this world, that you would take away this uh, pandemic that's going around, Lord. That you would just help uh, help us to heal, Lord. And that you would help us to find you as, as everyone's struggling right now, Lord. Help us to find you and help us to trust you again, Lord. But God, I just ask that you would just show us where you have to go next. Continue to be with us and to bless us. Forgive us for our sins and where we fall short. And all these things we ask in Jesus' precious holy name we pray. Amen.